Chicago. This is your morning routine. Put some respect on my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, God. Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride here on this Tuesday morning with open phone lines for you at 312. 332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN without Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going uh, for this show and all the shows here on ESPN Chicago. And after our show is done at 10 o'clock, we will make a beeline right to Indianapolis as we get ready for the NFL Combine to meet the Bears. We'll have Ryan Poles on the program as well. And Cap, it's a special time for us tomorrow. We Don't find us at 7. Don't start your day at 7. Start a little earlier. 5 a.m., baby, rock and roll. That's right. We've got a hard deadline. we got to get to Indy, pick up our credentials. We'll have a little dinner at St. Elmo's tonight. And then we will rock and roll and get set for Tomorrow morning, Ryan Poles, we will start at 5. Ryan Poles will join us at 6.30 in the morning. And then he's got a full day of avals, medicals, meetings. And reportedly the Bears are going to interview you where you can bring him to your suite. All of the top quarterbacks. So they'll do all their homework before they make their decision to trade the pick. Okay, so yes. So if you're looking for us at 7, we'll be halfway through our show. Correct. So you'll miss the fun at 5. So make sure that you're with us. Set your alarm earlier and be with us at 5 o'clock. We want everybody to be able to listen because it's a big day here at ESPN 1000. And we want you to be part of it, not just with our show, but all day tomorrow right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. It's a new era, buddy. It it is. I've heard that several times. Um, But, Cap, there's something to be said about being able to travel whether it's by car or by plane. And in my instance, it's a drive. It's three hours. Mm-hmm. We should be able to pick up and get it there, get to Indianapolis in three hours. I was not going to put extra miles on the old gray mare mm-hmm. on my car. I'm taking my own vehicle. No, well, right. there's a reason why. It's, it's pretty much brand new. I mean, mm-hmm. you could still smell the, um, smell the baby formula off of yours. It's Mine's so new. A year and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still in diapers. Correct. So it's, it's fine. Correct. Mine, a little bit more of a veteran vehicle. More, more of a broken-in vehicle. Yes. yes. Uh, the Danny Darwin of vehicles around here. Correct. Uh, <laughs> the, Young kids are like, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one Google search. Yeah. They'll find the old, the old venerable veteran pitcher for the White Sox and many other teams. But that's what my vehicle is. Mm-hmm. Cap, you, yeah, in my situation, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Hertz, and I'm going to get my a vehicle going there and the, the whole process is always strange because there's people standing waiting to get their vehicle i've already got mine in like two weeks ago like here we go this is the one i'm gonna find mm-hmm. you know for a guy of my of my stature i need an suv pal mm-hmm. need to have something a little bit roomier in the hips yep so i want to make sure that i'm comfortable in there right mm-hmm. going there it's like sir we got your car it's uh this filled up to five eighths and you want me to return a car back with five eighths of gas Yep, five-eighths. Okay, you'll get it full when I return it because that's what a good guy does, right? Yep. Five-eighths. Go in there. It's like, oh, that's good. A little Chevy. God. Sit in there. Cap, smells like cigarette smoke. And not my own because I don't smoke, as Correct. you well know. Correct. <laughs> the idea that you go in that car and it smells like someone just got out of it and smells like, you know, a pack of uh, cool menthols is a problem, mm-hmm. right? It's a major problem. I said, sir, this uh, has a little bit of a uh, smell. But here's the thing, though. You know what he tried to do? Got the old uh, glade out. A little glade there tried to cover up the smoke. Nothing covers up a smoke scent. Even you with uh, the bad uh, beak that can't smell anything, you know cigarette smoke when you smell it. Correct. Remember when you and I were in Detroit and we were going through the, uh, the casino? Yep. And... It was kind of a, not necessarily a culture shock, but we're just not used to being around a smoke in an inside building. Right, because 
and it was you, me, and Black. Mm-hmm. I took you guys to dinner at the MGM Grand. I was staying there. Shay, this state, Illinois, we've got our problems, but at least you can't smoke in public buildings. So you go into a casino here, Rivers. Yes. Sit down, play a little blackjack, go to the sports book. Hmm. No odor. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Other than the person sitting next to you. Yeah. You go to Detroit, freaking cigarettes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Dumpy ass city. Can't you get rid of the cigarette smoke? Oh, that's not right. <laughs> what are we? That is not right. Come can, on, be nice. Can we not ban the secondhand smoke? And now my poor friend here, Jonathan, he's got the rental vehicle. And I got to get into it. Keith's kind of pushing one of the station vehicles on us. Keith, keep your beak out of the vehicles. I'm taking oh, my own. Oh, oh wow. Um, oh, 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 firing this morning. Don't get hot. And so. Yeah, it, the, the smoke in your ride is not good. You know, it's funny about the MGM Grand that we were there. Mm-hmm. If you remember this one detail, we're walking through the casino, mm-hmm. and there is a smoking section, but you could see the smoke wafting out of the yeah. windows, out of the glass through there. It's not, really, it's not really a smoking section when everybody else can smell the smoke. Correct. Well, it's the it. funny thing about the Detroit casinos is the casino floor is the smoking section. If you want to go to the smoke-free casino, go to Windsor. <laughs> Correct. Like- now, they, they do tell you, like, we sat down at a blackjack table, and I said, could you make this a no-smoking table? And the guy said, yes. And he put a little sign there, no smoking at this table. Hmm. But right next to you, they got four people lighting up huge Cohiba cigars. Yeah. It's like, chimney. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Carmen would enjoy it. <laughs> now here's the thing i am not anti-smoking if i'm around someone that's smoking or you know I, it, depending on the occasion i'll have a cigar depending on the occasion mm-hmm. but when you grow up with secondhand smoke is that what they called it back then cap mm-hmm. you know, i was around my dad's friends watching sports on the old uh, magnavox tv through the haze of pipe smoke cigarette smoke and a and, uh, cigar smoke and i'm just sitting there watching them the sports with them and as they're drinking their Chevis Regal or their old Fitzgerald or whatever, that they're drinking beers, mm-hmm. you know, getting fully croisoned. I'm just sitting there as a kid, big Afro, just watching sports. I didn't think about, like, secondhand smoke. If, I, if secondhand smoke was really a thing, I'd be gone by now because I would have had all of that as a kid. <laughs> Seriously, so I'm not bothered by it until I smell someone else's where I can't identify. Like, it's, it, it's wafting through. And I went to AutoZone, got myself a couple of those trees. Yeah. Trying to uh, kind of kill the smell. That's a no shot. No shot. Ozium. Yes. When I was in high school. Yep. What, t- what position did he play? Ozium. Yep. We, so, uh, power forward. Okay. We, uh, we bought, we, got, we ended up getting high. I was in yeah. high, like a senior. Maybe I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Here's my parents' car. My buddy goes, uh, dude. You could smell in here. Your dad's going to know. And I don't have a very good sense of smell. Yes. Nor does he, though. I get it from him. Mm-hmm. He's like, get Ozium. It's a little blue and white, like, aerosol, small container. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad came out. He's like, hmm. Smells nice in the car here. Mm-hmm. Clean. Like, stuff's the real deal. <laughs> he never figured it out. Oh, wow. That's pretty good, though. You got it past him. Good morning, Dad. Sorry, got it past him. It was two dudes in the car, right? Mm-hmm. No one was having sex, Jay Moore. Sorry. It was two guys. Why does me that matter? Bu- me and a buddy of mine. Yeah. Because he could confirm. So, right, Cap? You could confirm. You guys I, are just smoking. Yeah, we were just... There you go. Rolling a doobie, <laughs> as we call it back then. <laughs> now it's a blunt. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of those uh, those uh, terms still matter today, by the way. If it's doobie, it's not dated. Right. It's, I mean, that's the one thing about weed, though, right? It can be, it's under so many different names that none of them are dated or, out, or outdated. I said to one of my kids, uh, is that a doobie? He's like, a what? It's called a blunt. I'm like, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> it is the same thing, right? Whatever. It is the same thing. Now, for someone like you, Shay, who, um, again, you don't have the full cigarette. Will you have that in the car with Cap? That's another uh, question. No. I mean, you're driving with Cap uh, to Indianapolis. You want to see someone pushed out going down 65? Light up a cigarette in my truck. I don't there. smoke. What is this about? I don't know. He just brought up you smoking in the car. Not going to happen. So you're not going to have your vape ready? 
No, I dude, I gave it up. I haven't hit it in four months. Oh, really? Yeah. How that? How's the wife feel about that? Great. <laughs> she didn't care either way. I just... All right. He's a nice guy. Thank God I, I don't have to yeah, do that. Yeah, it took a second. Wow. <laughs> it's not nice what's happening to me in this in this studio this morning. I'm asking you about that because I mean, I've had my hometown slandered. I've now had my sex life slandered. I, what's next? I just asked a question and then you just let, let right into it. That's, 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 I'm glad everything's fine at home, though. That's always good to know. That's good to know, Shay. So you haven't hit it in a couple of, in, you say four months. Okay. Jeez. That's what he said. I know. That's horrible. <laughs> the vape. I haven't hit the vape in four months. Oh. Okay. Uh, you, know, you know, I do care. That's why I ask, right, mm-hmm. Cap? We, we care about one another. That's right. why I asked the he question. He seemed like he'd been a little backed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like how hard Jay Moore's laughing at this. <laughs> how, how, can, how can you tell, Cap? He's been a little backed up. How can you tell? He's Michigan on, State ran? He's on the... St- I'm not going to say it. He's on, He's on the what? He's on the what? Retention plan. Whatever. There we go. <laughs> what am I, Tom Brady? <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. So we are heading to the uh, to Combine, and we uh, the hope is is that Shay and Capcom will be able to get along. I mean, you're trapped in a car for about three-plus hours. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be okay? And you're driving. It's not even Mindy this time. Mm-hmm. You're driving. Correct. Oh, God. Oh, man. You gonna be able to handle that with Shay next to you, but his sports takes. He's got some bad sports takes. Does he? Bad. Will you guys talk about Michigan State Iowa again? No. You talk about that. No. It's a, it's a great conversation though. It is a great conversation because it's two different philosophies that's at work here. Correct. Late in the game, do you foul in that spot? Mm-hmm. The other thing too, though, with, with again, what perspective is, is that Michigan State had to be beaten by was it five threes? At the end, by the end of the game, yeah. it, it took five threes to beat Michigan State, and I've heard both sides of it: Iowa radio and Michigan State radio. Yesterday, it's it's interesting how people look at Izzo and say, at least Izzo fell on the sword and said, "Hey, we lost the game. I did a bad job coaching." But how can a Michigan State fan get over that? And if you're an Iowa fan, you think of red faced McCaffrey staring down the official Kelly Cause Pfeiffer. Got, correct, because if he yells at him, he's going to get teed. But I mean, but. We've seen Joey Crawford throw out Tim Duncan for the same. Correct. Do you recall this? Correct. Duncan's just staring at Joey Crawford. You know what? You're intimidating me. Out. Tim Duncan wouldn't hurt a fly. Correct. He's just staring at him. But McCaffrey, like an okay corral, standing as far as you and I are standing, face-to-face with the official. Just staring at him. And that turned the game around it did. somehow. <laughs> it did. You know, Tim Duncan is, as you said, the nicest guy in the world. You know how all these athletes, people think they're very entitled Mm -hmm. to get everything? Yeah. I was told that his first year at Wake Forest, he stayed all four Mm -hmm. because he loved college. He's from the British Virgin Islands. Yeah. They go to their first game on the road. They go eat the team meal. Like, games at 7.30, 3.30, there's pancakes and eggs and steak and spaghetti. Whatever they could possibly want is there. Mm Mm-hmm. He eats this big meal. He gets up. Coach, I need a check. Huh? I got to pay for my food. I had the spaghetti. I had the eggs. I had the... the yeah. He's like, it's part of being on the team. Oh. I get this free? <laughs> he had no idea. He was there to pay for his meal. Hey, man, but that's a gentleman, isn't he? It's a gentleman. All right, how much is that? 27? No, no, no. It's part of the, the gig here in college, sir. And I have the credit card... It's my credit card. I'm going to turn in on the expenses. Mm-hmm. They're paying for the meal tonight. We're running it up. Okay. Is, yeah. that, is that how that's going to work? Get some wine. Okay. We're going to celebrate. The show's doing well. The station's a new era. Yep. And so, yeah, I reserved a magnum of a really good wine. I called there yesterday. Oh, all right. Looking St. Forward. Elmo's, baby. Look forward to that. Thank you, Keith. And Great. D- Danny. And who else you want to thank? Anybody else? Those three. No, no. No Maggie sketch? Nobody else upstairs there? Maggie had nothing to do with it. Yeah, she doesn't? Okay. Love Maggie. She's a wonderful person. Mm. Mm. She had nothing to do with paying for the meal. Dave Sharp. Kind of Dave Sharp, yeah, too. Yeah, Thanks, more, more than kind of. Thank yeah. Dave Sharp as well. If you're going to do this whole thing, you're going to roll out the Academy Awards, thank everybody. Thank everyone. All right. We are heading to Indianapolis, Cap, for the Combine today. When is the last time that you were this excited about an off season? We'll review our really fun off seasons 
uh, that we can uh, remember through our time as a Chicago sports fan. It's coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Checkmate 1 6. Suppression on target. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Good morning. And welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. That's where you can watch this show and all the shows. And also we have a very special Twitch feature for you coming up at 8.50 here on Chicago's Home for Sports. As we send it off to Shay, so a friend of mine who works in the sponsorship world is listening. He said... Cap, there is a rule, I believe it's an MLB rule, you cannot tie pouring rights, pouring as in beer, of anything alcoholic to a sponsorship is illegal. Teams buy the beer from the distributor at a wholesale price, they have a contract to be the sponsor, and then they can sell it back at the retail price. So the distributor makes it, makes their money back on the wholesale and he said, quick games will absolutely affect club revenue, 100%. What's your hurry, Cap? It's baseball. It's got no clock on it. Agreed. If I'm, Dude, I bought tickets to go out to day games at guaranteed rate. Mm-hmm. Sat there by myself and enjoyed it and watched the games. Had a good time. Would get a cold one. That's going to affect the White Sox revenue, the Cubs revenue, and everybody else. All right, here's Snorling. All right, boys, good morning. Uh, Hoodie, we are obviously headed to Indianapolis today for the NFL Combine. I think I've thought of a great name. Cap and I are riding together. I think I've thought of a great name for our drive. All right. Hashtag survive the drive. Oh, I like that. Survive the drive. What's it going to be like? Cap driving and you in the sidecar peppering him with your takes. How's that going to work? He's going to put his AirPods in, and I'm going to just ignore him. Yeah, he's going to have Yacht Lock, and I'll have... A litany of podcasts, and then eventually Carmen and Yurko. <laughs> okay, I just want you guys to be there and be safe yeah, and not punch each other. That's the question. Shot or no shot, Cap and I make it to Indianapolis. I think eventually uh, that's a shot, but... I will make it to Indianapolis. That's a shot. I'm not sure you're going to. Oh, man. You're going to just dump them someplace? Get out! In Anderson, Indiana? You're going to just drop them someplace? Like a second-year GM that hasn't done enough for him, he says, Get out! I'm going to say, Get out! <laughs> You just gonna throw him out of the car? Yeah, but Rensselaer. <laughs> hey, here's some history for you. Here's where the Bears used to be. Bears trained right there, and the BC High School All American Camp, where Shaq went, was right there at St. Joseph's College. Get out. So that's a shot. You guys will make it. I just don't know how. I will live tweet through this at Shane Orling. Hashtag survive the drive. It'll be great content. All right. All right, let's get started with the rest of Shot or No Shot. Everything was looking up for the Cubs and Seiya Suzuki would put on supposedly 20 pounds of muscle. I know Cap always thinks that's a fabrication. Uh, He altered his approach at the plate, and he was ready to recruit Shohei Otani at the World Baseball Classic. Now Suzuki was scratched from all three of the Cubs spring games so far. He's withdrawn from the World Baseball Classic with an oblique injury. David Ross and Suzuki are scheduled to talk this morning, but Shot or No Shot shots we should be concerned about his opening day status yeah until we hear differently and see him back on the floor absolutely that's a shot oblique i've done that it sucks and i'm not in major league baseball shape yeah it sucks that's scary yeah i would say that is a a shot as well especially based on the hype around suzuki Right, I mean, all this talk about how he's going to be a difference maker for the team and r- rookie of the year, that didn't work out. Hey, Roy, how's it going? Yeah, I guess not. How's it going? It's going where I'm not winning the rookie of the year. That's how it's going. Right. You're hoping that he's the guy, he's going to be the carrot on the stick that gets Otani around here, right? Right, but I was counting on them bonding during the World ba- Baseball Classic. Uh-huh. Hey, buddy, let's get some dinner. I want to talk to you. None of that's going to happen. Yes, that's exactly right. I don't like that. All right. Well, they can still be able to communicate, text, talk. They'll find a way to have a conversation. I hope. Yeah. And so, because I can't wait for that $750 million bill that the Cubs will pay to be able to have Otani on the team. Seven fifty. Yeah. Yeah, what's wrong with that? It's not going to $750 million. Oh, yes, it will. Okay. I, I, will. I, I, here's why. Here's how I know. 
You know that the salaries are going up when Machado's like, yeah, you know that uh, deal I signed? Yeah, that's null and void. It's an old deal now. I need you to rip that up. Mop that up. What? What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah, you see what Harper's making, see what this guy's making, see it. Yeah, that, that whole contract, yeah, that's old now. I'm opting out. Who does that? Machado does that. It's going to go up and up and up because the owners don't know how to stop, man. Especially these new young owners in here. I think these aggressive owners. I think he gets, I'm going to say, 475 to $500 million. And you're getting two players for that price, if we want to be really accurate here. Yes. Getting a number one starter, and I'm getting a beast of a bat. Yep. DH, little left, little first. Man, Shay, he's going to be a great Padre. He's going to be an awesome Cub. Shay. All right, I want to bring back a piece of audio we got yesterday. Great Adam met. Schefter told us about how hectic things could get for the Bears around the number one pick. Listen to this. When you look at the draft and the possibilities that are out there, we have the Texans at two, mm-hmm. the Colts at four, the Seahawks at five, the Raiders at seven, Falcons at eight, Panthers at nine. One, two, three, four, five. That's six teams in the top ten that you could make an argument will not be or could use help at the quarterback position. Six teams. So the Bears have the number one pick and really don't have a need a quarterback. I mean, I know there's talk about Justin Fields. I'm not buying. I think he's their guy. They just have to surround him with the right people. And so if you don't have a glaring need a quarterback, and they don't, and the Texans, Colts, Seahawks, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, all have quarterback questions over the long term, uh, you, you, you could have potentially – you know, a feeding frenzy for that number one overall pick creates an incredible situation for that organization and a chance to recoup a lot of these picks and to really stock up for the future. And that, that's what this is about right now. All right, so we have a feeding frenzy from Adam Schefter. One NFL executive told Dan Weeder in the Tribune, teams need quarterbacks and teams will almost certainly fall in love with one of these guys. Mm-hmm. So shot or no shot, all Poles needs to do is not force the issue and he's going to fleece somebody. Oh, that's a shot. That's a shot. I would hope. Yeah, that's a shot. Again, it was Matt Miller from ESPN and Courtney that wrote an article that detailed what they are hearing from executives that the Bears could get in a trade. Those trades are not like fleecings. They're solid trades. Really good. I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie yesterday, and they were both exercising caution. Just slow down. Let this play out. Let somebody rock it up the draft board and then try and get the fleecing. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that's how things work out. I don't see a scenario where there's a trade going down this week. I don't. Unless somebody calls up. I think Sylvie said somebody calls up and goes, okay, here you go. Here's 15,000 picks. T- I want it today. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. But I don't think that's going to happen until the medicals, guys are throwing. You get the Alabama Pro Day is, I think, March 15th. And I think the Georgia Pro Day is right around it. Correct. So Jalen Carter's not working out at the Combine. Bryce Young's not throwing at the Combine, I don't believe. I think you're going to have Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and C.J. Stroud all throw at the Combine. So the biggest thing I look at, Cap, is from Ryan Pohl's standpoint is if you're going to make a deal, look at the organizations you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think of Nick Casario from Houston, you just know ownership is bad. It's bad. It's just, you know, you have this, um, this, this running treadmill of head coaches. You keep hiring and firing. So when you do that, it shows you your organization isn't very good. That's number one, especially post to Sean Watson. It just isn't going the right direction. So the Cardinals are in this, too. We keep skipping them. The Cardinals are part of this conversation. Carolina's part of this conversation as far as ownership. You could deal with bad teams, They'll give you whatever it takes because they just want to turn it around. They just want butts and seats. Mm-hmm. There was a time where you and I were watching the NFL where some teams were so bad that their games would be blacked out because fans wouldn't come. Correct. So now you can see all the games. But the point is, though, is that for organizations like the Colts that just can't, can't get right, mm-hmm. and adding these veteran quarterbacks trying to piecemeal it together and doesn't work. Same thing with Houston being bad, Carolina going the wrong direction. Try to fleece those teams that are desperate. Agree. with them first. You think Houston's any good? They're going to get a new quarterback. Will that organization going to be any good? You can make a case that Houston has some parts that are better than the Bears. No okay, question. Fine. Okay, fine. But your organization's bad. Correct. Now, giving a six-year contract to D'Amico Ryans and everybody 
has said that was a magnificent. He turned Denver down. They offered him the Denver job before Sean Payton took it. And he said, no, I'm good in Houston. He played there. It sounds like they're turning the corner. They got rid of that goofball that was running the organization. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the guy's name. But they fired him, and they said, everything is better now in Houston. Shay. All right, I read something this morning in the Sun-Times about Gavin Sheets. The headline, Gavin Sheets brings an edge and power bat to the White Sox. The quote in the, in the uh, article here, Sheets said uh, with last year as motivation, quote, there's always an edge with last year. So my question for you, shot or no shot, a player bringing an edge is the worst cliche in sports. If, if Brooks Boyer could exercise that out of the lexicon for the White Sox, he would. Edge does not bring people to the ballpark. Why? Winning does. Brooks played with an edge. I watched Brooks play. In the 19- Brooks played with an edge. 1940s? I think he was in the 37 <laughs> Notre Dame team. I watched him play at Notre Dame. Uh-huh. He wasn't the most gifted guy. Sorry, Brooks. He was a good uh-huh. player, but he wasn't like, oh, my God, a five-star. But that guy was an irritant. If you were a DePaul fan like me, you hated playing against that guy. Understand. He was like Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. You know, get up and guard. He played with an edge. You understand the point, though. You can't talk about it. You have to showcase it. I mean, the, the article with Daryl Van Scowen saying Gavin Sheets brings an edge. I, what does that mean? What, do you mean? what edge? It's a cliche. What does That's, that mean? I, it's something I'm tired of hearing, and we hear it all the time. X player brings an edge. It doesn't mean anything. It's, to me, one of the worst cliches in sports. Okay, so... What are some other cliches? Like, this guy gained 30 pounds of muscle in the offseason. No, he actually didn't because you, your season ended in early October. It's February. It's impossible to gain 30 pounds of muscle. Can you lose a bunch of fat? Yes, 100%. Can you gain a little bit of good weight? Yes, absolutely. 30 pounds or Jonathan's in the best shape of his life. Okay, then I want to know why the hell you were a fat ass for the last four years of your career. Why didn't you take it serious? Because I was uh, going to bed at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning working nights. I wasn't talking about you. Oh, sorry. He's Every year we hear in the draft, we never thought that guy was going to be there when we picked. All of our mocks, he was never available. We're elated to get him at this pick. Mm -hmm. You could write the same article every year. I think that one big cliche for me is sports radio callers saying, "So and Cap, this gets on Gap too. It gets all over Cap when it's so and so is a great player, some guy that just got into the league or someone's been around for a couple of years. So and so is a great player." Right. We use the word "great" so frequently it's embarrassing. We say it way too often. So and so is a great player. Uh, he's great. Hall no, of Famer. He's actually not great. Hall he's a very good prospect. Yes. So and so is a great player. Yeah. That I think that that's. You have to know good from great. Correct. Because he, here's what happens. Gavin Sheets brings an edge, which says, okay, that he's going to be a, a solid player for the White Sox. And mm-hmm. then what if he's not? Mm-hmm. Then where's the edge then? See, Correct. that's the point. That's why it's over. It's an overvalued statement. Some of our Twitchers weighing in with cliches. Butterface says plays with a chip on his shoulder, one of the worst. Uh, Daffy B says marathon, not a sprint. Uh-huh. And then we've got uh, uh, People's Champ 1973. The Bears have no talent. Awful cliche. He just doesn't obviously understand what their roster looks like then. People's champ, you mean? Whatever his handle is. 73 he was. Not People's champ, 73. I don't look at that. That what? Comment box. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm happy they have it. Now you guys can all get all the stuff and yeah. Shay imparts it on it. Yes. It's good for the show. I ain't on there. All right, more in our comment box. ADD. All right, come in our, more to come in our comment box here as we get a chance to go around the National Football League, Cap, and then still to come, Albert Breer will be with us every Tuesday at 835. He will join us with his thoughts about the Bears and the NFL. All part of the mix on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Cap and J-Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Nick Bull sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? 
go around the National Football League here on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Shane Orley, Shane. All right, no other place to start than this from the uh, Nielsen in the NFL. Total viewing audience based on a custom survey from Nielsen for Super Bowl 57, approximately 200 million viewers. 60% of people in the United States watched Super Bowl 57. This is approximately a 9% increase compared with the 183 million unique viewers initially reported earlier this month. Jay Moore, is there anyone in your family that did not watch the Super Bowl? It's got to be some. Is there someone? Because I want to know. In fifty-six percent of the country, you said, right? Sixty percent of the country. Sixty. But the other forty. I would say probably some of my nieces and nephews, the kids. What about Rihanna? Did they tune in at least for that? Yes, the nieces did. That counts too, though. Yeah. Even though it's part of the game, even though they didn't watch like touchdowns or whatever. Right. They just watched her performance and they went back to doing their thing. My cousin did the same thing. Like she's on the computer talking to somebody. And Ariana was just like, was like, okay, let me check out Rihanna. All right, that's all I need. I'm back to the computer. I aming people or whatever she's doing. So, I mean, think about it. 60% of the country. Cap. 200 million. That's moon landing ratings. It's, it's insane to think about it. And I said to Shay at the break, okay, so they're charging $7 million for a 30-second spot. And then they say it's usually about a million, depending if you use a star or not, in creative. So let's assume the budget's $10 million. To reach that kind of audience, that's a drop in the bucket for United Airlines or McDonald's or whoever it is. Crazy. Cap, 200 million. I mean, this is now that you're at home during Bears games, I just want you to put the Bears game on and then put on ESPN. And so I want you to watch the white flag programming. I guess the NFL. They're just, it's just a waving a white flag. ESPN, like. NBC during the day. You're not going to waste a good game against that. (laughs) Nothing beats the NFL, man. That is an amazing number, Shay. Think about it. Now, again, we say, oh, it's gambling, it's fantasy. No, people actually enjoy watching football on Sundays. It is amazing. It's incredible. I just looked it up. According to Nielsen ratings, it's estimated 31 million people in the United States watched the moon landing. That's a lower percentage of the population than would have watched the Super Bowl earlier this month. Yes. The Super Bowl is bigger in this country than the moon landing was. Is that the first one you're reading there? Yeah. The first one? Apollo 11 moon landing remains one of the most watched, but it was 31 million people in the United States. Obviously more watched globally. Yes. Yes. And, Cap, you know when I say that, that's like the old cliche. Like, that was the number one thing. Like, someone goes, a man's on the moon. Everyone's going to watch, right? Correct. That's the old cliche of, hey, that's moon landing ratings. Or who shot JR ratings. Yeah. but That that's... was the most popular TV episode ever. I think the end of, the last of MASH. Yep. Who shot JR? Who shot JR? Oh, and then, yeah, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then there was one other program. I'm trying to remember what it was. And The Fugitive, way back in the day. Yes. And now it's it, football takes is boss. Can't fight it, man. It's crazy. All right, what else do you have, Shay? All right, we got to start with uh, Carson Wentz, who was released by the Commanders. Uh, Jay Moore asked me this morning, "What about him as a Bears backup?" Oh, that's a no shot. That's a no shot. Yeah, that's a no shot. First of all, he's a jackass in the room. Nobody <laughs> likes him. All right. And I want a guy who plays like Justin like Tyler Huntley is to Lamar Jackson. I want a guy that you run the same system. I don't want Andy Dalton backing up Justin Fields. Here's one for you, Shay. You ready? Carson Wentz, successful career, not successful career, based on how much he's made. Bagman. All-time bagman. You see, do you know how much he's made, Cap? Go to, go to your spot rack there and... You'd be amazed how much money that man has made. So that's why I'm asking the question. Successful career, not successful career for Carson Wentz. An all-time coach killer, by the way. $128.6 million for his career. Jeez. <laughs> to be a bum. Successful? Un- now, okay, he's not a bum. Uh-oh. You get to the National Football League... He's not a bum. We don't do that on this show. He was a bum in the NFL. He was I not a bum. I do that. He was not a great player. He tore his knee up when he was going to win an MVP. You're not a bum. Bum. 
You know what? He is. He walked into Jacksonville as a 17-point favorite through three interceptions and lost his team a playoff spot. Do you know what you are? Bum. Do that on your show on the weekend, then. Don't do it on this show. show. No. You're not calling guys bums on this show. We're not. Not doing that. You sure you guys are going to be able to be okay going to Indianapolis? No. Because he's going to say bum, and then you're going to we're, we're off not the road. doing that. You're, you get to the big leagues. B-U-M, bum. No, he was not a bum this, in that game. I'm serious. We're not doing that on this show. We are not calling guys bums that make it to the professional ranks. I'm happy for him. He's probably a great guy. Bum in that game. Oh. Lost his team a spot in the playoffs. So, so success or not success, would you say, for Carson Wentz? I mean, he's... I think he would tell you he's underachieved with the ability that he had. He had an unfortunate injury, and it, he made a lot of money if that's your standard, but he did not achieve the success that he thought he was going to achieve as a player. I would say success because you kept getting um, paid. You kept being in different uniforms. Underachieve as a player, yes, but paid, absolutely. You keep going. Yeah, it's the whole thing. It's like the radio career, right? You'll stop going in the studio when people stop calling you. When people stop calling you in. Right. Pretty much. But if you're not pulling ratings and you're not a good guy, people hate being around you. You're not a good teammate. You have a lot of issues. People, oh, God. You're fighting with everybody. At some point, people are going to go, we're done. Yep. They'll put up with more if you're producing. All right. Russell Wilson. Here, I, I know what I'll call him. Beer League softball player. Uh, sorry, the Freudian slip almost went all the way. Carson Wentz, Beer League softball player. Oh, Shay. Jets are zeroing <laughs> in on Geno Smith per Dove Kleiman as their quarterback for next season. Geno Smith. Again? To the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. First reported by Albert Breer, who's going to join us in 10 minutes. Okay. So what is Seattle doing at quarterback? Drafted one of these guys? I think they're going to get Geno re-signed, personally. I don't think he ends up with the Jets. I think he had success in Seattle. I think they get him re-signed. So they don't have a plan? They'll probably draft somebody to develop behind him, but I think they're going to sign him. I think he's staying in That is my prediction. He will stay in Seattle. I don't think he's the long-term, oh, my God, franchise quarterback, but he had a very good year. So at uh, at five, you would not draft one, right? Depends who's on the board. What's yeah. the cost for me to go up? Mm-hmm. Because you got to figure this out. Post Russell Wilson, you got to figure out. First of all, it was amazing to see Seattle go. What was it shade nine seven and one? You made the playoffs, or so the second place in that division. So with Geno, it's the greatest career, the greatest season he's had in his career, which is awesome. But can he show that to me again? And I don't know the answer to that question. It's a great question. I, I mean, think they I think they get a developmental quarterback at some point here. Maybe it's Tanner McKee from Stanford in the second round. Maybe it's Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State. Good second, player. Second generation, right? Yeah. Monster. Good player. All right, what else do we have, Shay? How about this from Todd McShay talking about Bryce Young? He said, if I were an NFL GM, I would be scared to death of drafting Bryce Young. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, Mike Renner, who's a very, very good follow on social media from Pro Football Focus, hearing from a source in Indianapolis, a possible number one overall pick, Bryce Young, quote, may not be very big, but may have measured and weighed in smaller then they thought, wow, massive shakeup at the top of the draft could happen if true. That's what he said. Well, Cap, what I always tell you about the quarterback position, he got to look the part. Like he got as mu- to. As much as, as you were talking about Anthony Richardson, I'm just telling you as a college football fan, and ask Shay if you don't believe me, it just it seemed, and again, you're probably talking to the wrong person when it comes to draft this time of year because I look at it through college eyes. I never know what it's going to look like on the next level unless they're complete difference makers. Shay, you tell me because we watch so much college football. 
I could guess what a guy's going to be on the next level. I know what they are in college. Yeah. Anthony Richardson was just okay to me in college. I've been wrong before. Like, Justin Herbert, I did not think was going to pan out. I was out. completely He's wrong been about that. great. Yep. He was just a turnover machine at Oregon. And, yep. I'm, and I'm just thinking there's no way that's going to pan out for it. It did. Anthony Richardson, like, I'm a simple person when it comes to the draft. Everybody's going to talk themselves into 6'4", 240, huge guy, speed, strong arm. But the accuracy is not great. You're talking yourself into Josh Allen. Maybe that's just the one of one. Like, the question for me is, can you play football or not? Have we seen you play good football? If yes, great. We can probably draft you. If we're just going to obsess over the measurables, then I don't think that matters as much. Yeah, go ahead. Guys have gone to this combine, and they know how to game the system. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a trainer yesterday who trains NFL guys. And he said, we know exactly how to get their 40 time down to as fast as we can possibly make them. If they're all in on diet and weightlifting and everything else, there are certain ways that they run with their hands and with the way their knees go. He said, we can game the system. And then we can train them on how many reps they can get at 225 and then the cone drill and the this drill. But he said, in the end, can you play football? Nope. You have the heart <laughs> when you get knocked down repeatedly and you're hurting in the fourth quarter. That you can't measure. That's the question. Albert Breer on the NFL next on Cap and J Hood. Here's today's headlines. Headline with Cap and J Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The Blackhawks made their biggest trade of the season so far, sending Jake McCabe and Senator Sam Lafferty to Toronto. The Hawks received the 2025 first round pick and a 2026 second-round pick in return. There's no update on Patrick Kane on the trade front. Uh, Kyle Davidson, the general manager of the Hawks, says they're in a holding pattern with Kane. The Bulls, they will look to make it three in a row. They're currently a five-point underdog against Toronto. The Bulls are currently a half game out of the 10th seed in the play-in tournament. Also, it's official, Darren Payne, the Washington defensive tackle, is off the Bears' wish list. The Commanders placed a franchise tag on Payne this morning. On Cap and Jay Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap and Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. What bird is it? Every Tuesday at 835, we get a chance to talk to Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback and SI.com. He joins Cap and Jay Hood right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Good morning, Albert. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, you know what's up. Hey, the Combine's here. Cap and I will be there tomorrow broadcasting live. And so, you know the latest. No, you guys are going to be here. Of We're course. coming down this afternoon, and we would officially like to invite you tonight to dinner at St. Elmo's. Really? Yes. All right. All right. Yeah, but you're paying, of course. <laughs> Actually, Danny's <laughs> How paying. How long are you guys going to be down here for? Till tomorrow night. I guess it's an easy drive, right? So Piece of cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the Bears are the bell of the ball, as you well know, at the number one pick. What are you hearing about the Bears and what they could be doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've been relatively consistent with you guys on this. Like, I think all along this has, um, you know, been, you know, the likelihood um, that they would uh, that they would hold on to Justin Fields for at least another year um, and give him another year and trade the number one overall pick. And, you know, the more you talk to people, the more it looks like that pick is going to have considerable value, which, you know, you would think only further motivates them to, to move the pick. Um, now, what's going to be interesting to me is, like, how they use it, you know. And I think what's intriguing about this year's draft class is that, you know, you have, I would say, um, depending on who you talk to, and if you take the quarterbacks out of it, you know, maybe a half dozen guys um, who are in that first group and then when you get down to, like, the 10th, 11th, 12th pick, there's a cliff. And, you know, like, once you get there, it's like, is there a big difference between the 12th pick and the 40th pick? So what that means, you know, if you've got the first pick and you're looking to move it is you have some flexibility to move further down and pick up more capital. 
but there may be a limit to it. So, you know, I, I guess the question becomes, would you rather go down to four and you still have a chance at, say, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, um, or would you rather go down to nine? I think that's the Panthers, right? Would you rather go down to nine mm-hmm. and wind up with, much, with, with, with a lot more picks and maybe a, a slightly um, less highly thought of prospect in the first round? So um, I think it's, it's going to be really, really interesting, and it wouldn't surprise me if Ryan, Mo- Ryan Poles mobilizes pretty quick to move that pick. Um, there is some history for it, too, and that, you know, when the RG3 trade happened, this is 11 years ago now. Holy crap. <laughs> 11 years yeah. ago now. Um, you know, that, that trade happened a week after the combine. So let's talk about some of these prospects because, you know, Vegas is rarely wrong. We all like to go to Vegas and have a good time, but they build those beautiful buildings on our money. And right now, they say the fastest rising guy in the draft to go number one overall is Anthony Richardson. Do you believe that? Yeah, I don't think Anthony Richardson is going first overall. It's a fun idea. Um, and look, like I think there's definitely a lot of intrigue there because if you watch him, um, you know, I you look at it and you're like, my God, you know, like his size, the way he can flick his wrist and put the ball 50 yards downfield. Um, you know, obviously the mobility, you see some of the long runs he broke off in Florida. And if you watch just a highlight tape of him, you're like, wow, this guy absolutely could be the first overall pick. The, the, the problem is what's in between, you know, and how long it might take you to get to enough of those sorts of plays to put together that highlight tape. Um, so, you know, I think that's the thing is it, 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 the similarity to Josh Allen here is that um, there is there are a lot of tools and a lot of pieces. They're just not all put together yet. And you know, are you willing to maybe sacrifice a whole year throwing him out there and letting him take his lumps, knowing that the reward could be really great on the other end? And and by the way, guys, like we compare every guy like this. Like Levis has got some of this some of these comparisons too. Every guy who has great tools, whose performance hasn't quite measured up to those tools yet. We're, we compare every one of those guys to Josh Allen now. The truth is, like, there are a lot more guys like, you know, say Blaine Gabbert that don't make it and a, a lot less guys than, like, Josh Allen that do. Albert Breer with us here on Captain J. Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We found out that Carson Wentz is no longer a Washington commander. Would you consider Carson Wentz's career a success or a failure, Albert? I mean, it depends on what your bar is, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was a pretty significant part of a Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, he almost won an MVP award. I believe he finished second in voting that year. Um, you know, he he accomplished a bunch of things. So if you're looking at, at it on balance and saying, did he have a, a good NFL career if this is it, you know, and it's like he's only played seven years, um, then, I mean, comparatively against other players, yeah, he had a pretty good career. If you're if you're talking about did he live up to being the second pick in the draft and you know what the Eagles did to go and get him, then no, <laughs> you know. So I think it's sort of a moving target, and it's sort of a good case study in how and um, how we we assess these guys, you know, because so much of it is based on a guy's draft position and how he comes into the league and what we think of him when he comes into the league. And so, you know, he didn't live up to everything that you know we thought he was going to be when he was drafted or, you know, what he was his first couple of years in the league. But he still had a good, solid career if this is it. And, you know, I know that there are a fair amount of people out there that think he's going to have trouble finding work now because he, I think he's sort of being awkward fit anywhere as a backup. You know, if he's not going to be your starter, it's sort of like, you know, Cam Newton, I think, was sort of like this too, like where it's like, for and for different reasons, but like where like it's just hard to envision the guy being at, being, being, being a backup someplace just, seems like it would be an awkward fit okay when you make it in this profession it means everybody is aggregating your stuff you are as dialed in as anybody and i'm seeing everybody everywhere i look aggregating what you said that the jets are seriously going to look at geno smith yeah i didn't say that okay so that's what's (laughs) being tweeted all around yeah so what 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 happened was i mean I, i wrote so the Jets are considering all of their options. The Jets are like literally checking into everything, right? So they go and they have a visit with Derek Carr. And um, this was, what, two weekends ago now, right? So 
they leave that basically with an understanding that Derek wants to go and look at his options and Derek wants to go investigate other teams. And the Jets were sort of waiting on the Aaron Rodgers thing and they were looking at all their options at quarterback. So when I wrote that, I, I believe I said something like, they're going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, they're going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, and even the idea of bringing back Geno Smith. I said they're going to look at it. I didn't say that, like, it got plucked as if this was, like, you know, like something that's, like, part of their offseason plan, like, to, that they're going to go and make a run at him. They're just going to, they're, they're just, it was just sort of an illustration of how they're looking at all the different options, and that would be one of them. All right, so again, we got that straight, Albert. We got to put that on. that down, but like you know, <laughs> there, there are all all these Twitter accounts. I'm telling you, man. Like, if you don't see a link to something I wrote or a video of something I said attached to it, be very skeptical of the context in which those things are presented. All right. Uh, lastly, I know that in Indianapolis, you've heard some things. What have you been hearing? It's not on your phone, but I know you've been hearing things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say. You know, I, I think we're going to have um, – I think this is going to be a really interesting week as far as the quarterback movement goes. And I, I think one thing that's really – one thing to me that, that, that's going to be fascinating here, like we know like if Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded, he'll find a home. And we know like the Lamar Jackson thing's going to have to play itself out on the fran- which franchise tag they put on him. So those are the big dominoes. The second-level quarterback market, I, you know, I think that there are some nervous people here. You, you see these, throw, these big numbers being thrown around, whether it's $45 million for Daniel Jones or $35 million for Derek Carr. And, um, you know, I, I know there are some teams that are suspicious that, that, the, that some of these quarterbacks are working together. And, um, you know, where teams are constantly colluding, maybe some of it's happening on the other side now, where they're trying to price fix and saying, like, here's what the market should be for us. And it's it's it's, it's what, what I think is really going to be interesting about that is there is no real template for like a second level quarterback contract. They're all like you know forty million dollars a year or more, or like you know backup quarterback backup contracts. So how that all resolves itself with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Daniel Jones and, um, and Geno Smith is, is going to be really really interesting over the next few weeks. Albert, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We'll see you at dinner. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you tonight. Yeah, All right. It is uh, Albert Breer with us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X man. Well, and Abdallah left a drink behind last night, and Shay's going to try it. Next on Cap and J Hood. Oh, boy. <laughs> 